days, amazing food, incredible wine, and heart-stopping views, Lisbon has become a destination of choice for lots of good reasons. Join us, Tori, and Paul, two proud Portuguese Americans, as we explore our favorite city and transport you to Lisbon with love. Bom dia, Paul. Bom dia, Tori. And bom dia to our listeners. Welcome back to Two Lisbon with Love, a travel podcast about the beautiful city of Lisbon. So, you know, last year when we decided to launch a travel podcast, I don't think that we expected a global pandemic to happen and get in the way of our travels, but it did. No, no one expects a global pandemic. Um, that is very true, but I think we are now better better aware of what could come down our path, hopefully. I don't know about you, but I've missed Lisbon. Yeah, I've missed it a lot. I never thought that a year would go by the rest of my life where I didn't go, but there you have it. There you have it. Well, I feel like there's some hope on the horizon. Here we are in, what month are we? We're April 2021. Vaccines are rolling out, and hopefully that means that there will be some travel happening this year. But we are definitely thinking about all of our friends in Lisbon and wishing them well and hoping that they are staying safe. Yep, our our friends in Lisbon, our listeners everywhere, everyone, stay safe, and uh, we'll get through this. We will get through this. So... In our last episode that we recorded ages ago, we talked about Fadu, which is a very beautiful and very unique style of Portuguese music. And in this episode, we're going to talk more about what makes Lisbon so unique and actually take you on a tour of some of its very beautiful neighborhoods. Yeah, I've said many times that one of my favorite things to do in Lisbon is to just wander around. And today, during today's episode, we're going to wander around Lisbon virtually and talk about what makes each uh, neighborhood special. And I think that this is going to be a really great episode because one of the top questions that we get from everyone beyond, you know, whether or not I should go to Lisbon, which is a big yes, yep, <laughs> um, is where should I stay? So I think we're going to approach this episode in a little bit of a different way. And really kind of take you through Lisbon, but with the eyes of a potential traveler. Sounds good. So we'll take you through each neighborhood and give you a sense of what the hotel or apartment situation there is like. We'll talk a little bit about whether or not it's a quiet area, a busy area, and also look at other things that are important to would-be travelers, like transportation and whether or not there's you know easy access there. So, Paul, where should we take our listeners first? So when I think of Lisbon, one of the first places I always think of is the Avenida da Liberdade. I really think that it's it serves very much as the gateway to Lisbon. It uh, it's It's very emblematic of Lisbon, and I kind of think of it for the traveler as sort of Lisbon 101. Uh, it's a really easy place to to visit and to stay, you know, on your first trip to Lisbon. And I think that that's because there are, well, first of all, there there are many hotels up and down the Avenida, you know, also a lot of cafes on the sidewalks. Um, It's a good place to sort of get your feet wet in Lisbon. 
it's where I used to stay, where my family would stay when I would visit Lisbon as a kid. So it's always just, to me, typified the experience of staying in Lisbon, just walking up and down the Avenida with the trees and the beautiful tiles. And yeah, it's it's a really good it's a really good introduction to Lisbon. Yeah, I really love the Avenida uh, because it's this very serene place to your point in the middle of the hustle and bustle. You know, there's so much shade and green space and beautiful benches and it's very like romantic at night and it's just a very lovely experience. So I agree. I think that is a great place to start, you know, if, if this is your first time there to, you know, kind of make that your base yeah, it's also very convenient. It's a it's a main avenue running north south uh, in the center of the city. It's very easy to get to. Uh, there are several subway stops on the Avenida itself. There's also a bus from the airport called Aerobus if you'd rather go that way. But yeah, it, it's right in the middle of everything. And sort of to orient our listeners, it runs north south. It starts at the northern. At the northern edge, there is a large rotary with a very large, tall statue of the Marquis de Pumbal. Uh, we love that guy. Yes, one of my favorite people in, in Portuguese history. And if you don't know who he is, listen to our Port Wine episode, because Paul gives a very wonderful, deep, or takes us on a deep dive of this really amazing guy. Thanks. He he did the work of rebuilding the city. All I had to do was talk about it. But yeah, so then the Avenida runs south towards the river uh, and sort of ends at the Praça de uh, Restauradores. Uh, and it, it's not too long, maybe maybe a, a kilometer long in total. And and it's it's a really uh, it's a really interesting place because. On the avenue itself, and and for those who don't know, um, Avenida just means avenue in Portuguese. Um, you know, on the Avenida itself, there are many high-end uh, shops, and you feel like you're you're very much in a sophisticated urban center. But then you can wander one block t- on either side of the Avenida, and all of a sudden you're in a very typical residential neighborhood where you can really feel how the people who live there um feel it's 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 a really uh it's a, a really interesting juxtaposition that happens very quickly and and i think that's one place that really one reason that that place is really special yeah i agree um it's an area that we stay in every time that we go and um i think you know for me it's also special because there's this lovely little, um, you know, to Paul's point, you just walk a block somewhere and you ha- find this like hidden treasure. There's this lovely little park called Praça da Alegria, which we absolutely adore. And um, it's really great because uh, it's very much a neighborhood f- park, although like literally surrounding it are a number of hostels and hotels. So even in the midst of like, you know, a lot of um, visitors, it's very much a Portuguese neighborhood. Yeah, we really think of that as our neighborhood, um, which which is really nice. And like Tori says, there are, there are a bunch of um, restaurants and hotels and um, hotels of all different uh, 
sort of levels. Uh, another really nice thing about the Prasta Alegria is that right, basically right on the Prasta, there is what is probably the best jazz bar in all of Portugal. It's called Hot Club de Portugal, and you know, just being in that neighborhood, you don't think, oh, there's this great jazz club here. But it's really interesting the way Lisbon synthesizes, you know, all of these different experiences and puts them all in one place. Um, I, I, I feel like a lot of American cities, you don't get that. You know, you get, you know, oh, this is the neighborhood with all the music clubs and this is the neighborhood with all the restaurants. I, I, I feel like Lisbon, a lot of it has a little bit of everything. And I think that's that's really nice. Yeah. Another um, important point about the Avenida is that it is a gradual incline. So, you know, if for any reason, um, steep hills, you will have your share of steep hills in Lisbon. But if you're looking for something a little bit more gradual to begin with, um, the Avenida definitely offers that. Yeah. Yeah. Walking up the up and down the Avenida, like Tori mentions, it's a gradual incline, but uh, be aware that it's sort of serves as a valley in a way where if you walk away from the Avenida in either direction, east or west, more than a couple blocks, you're walking up a really tall hill. So, you know, you might look at a map and say, oh, I'm going to stay a quarter mile west of the Avenida, and that'll be a really easy walk to, to get back to my place. And, you know, it might be a quarter mile west, but it also might be several hundred feet, you know, elevation gain. So so keep that in mind. Uh, maps make everything look flat and Lisbon is definitely not flat. Speaking of neighborhoods on high, <laughs> where should we go to next? Right. Well, if, if you're on the Avenida and, like I said, if you decide to walk due west, uh, you will soon be walking up a very tall hill to the point that sort of at the southern end of the Avenida, there's actually a funicular that takes you up the hill because most people don't want to walk it. I am not most people. I, I will walk it every time, but your mileage may vary. But when you get to the top of that hill, uh, you are in a wonderful neighborhood called Principe Real, which means royal prince. And it really is a prince of a neighborhood. It is a prince of a neighborhood. I love this neighborhood. It's very charming. And um, I think, you know, just thinking about who would like to stay there or, you know, whether or not you would like to stay there. It's very sort of, I don't know, I guess you can call it up and coming. Yeah, I might say, I might go so, go so far as to call it uh, a bit of a, a hipster neighborhood, <laughs> uh, which is a good thing. You know, some people use that pejoratively. Uh, I think hipsters have excellent taste and, uh, Principe Real is is no exception to that. Uh, it is um, you're not going to find a lot of hotels in that neighborhood. You're probably if you're going to stay there, 
more than likely you'll probably be looking for an apartment as opposed to the Avenida where there are plenty of, of hotels everywhere. But, um, you know, I wouldn't let that necessarily uh, dissuade you. It's all, you know, what you're looking for. But but it really is a uh, a really cool neighborhood. And I feel like maybe 10 years ago it wasn't nearly as cool it is, as it is now. But I feel like just like a lot of restaurants and bars, you know, and shops have opened and it's uh it's really cool and it includes some of our favorite cocktail bars yeah if you listen to the episode that we did on drinking in lisbon at least three of the bars that we enjoy going to are located in principe real um and those are foxtrot gin lovers and of course cinco yes cinco our favorite our favorite bar in Lisbon, I think it's uh, safe to say. You know, as you've gathered from several of our episodes, Tori and I do enjoy our cocktails. Uh, one thing that we don't enjoy nearly as much is shopping. And I, for one, am thankful that Tori doesn't enjoy shopping. <laughs> and I am thankful that I don't enjoy shopping. But it turns out that one of our favorite stores in Lisbon is actually in the Principe Real neighborhood. It's right on the the main avenue, uh, or the main street, I should say, of Principe Real, which is Rua Dom Pedro V. Um, and it is a store that is called Solar Antiques. And what I think is really special about this store is that Lisbon, Lisbon is very much about its tiles. Uh, there are tiles adorning all the buildings, on the outside, there are tiles oftentimes on the insides of buildings. And at Solar Antiques, they have a huge selection of these tiles that have, have come from old buildings. And these tiles come from hundreds and hundreds of, of years in the past. You can go into a room and they have 16th century tiles or another room has 17th century tiles. And you can actually take home a souvenir of Lisbon that actually used to be part of the city. And I think it's it's a really unique experience to to see this history in this store and also to possibly take uh, take a little bit of it, of it home. Yeah, and this is actually, um, this brings up a really important point. If you're walking around the city, there will often be these like little fairs happening these like little kind of markets happening and people will be selling tiles for pretty inexpensive prices like maybe three euro five euro but it's important to note that there's actually sort of this um underground market so to speak that's happening with tiles so people are going out to these beautiful buildings that have these tiles intact and kind of destroying the facade they're pulling these azulejos off the walls um, and selling them, you know, at these like pop-up places. So if you decide that you want to take a tile home, I would definitely do your homework and maybe go to a place that is sourcing these azulejos um, in a legitimate way. And I, I think Salada Antiques is definitely one of those places that do it. So, you know, if, if you're going to go out there and you want to buy an azuleju that isn't, you know, clearly commercially produced, um, just be kind of thoughtful with how you're purchasing it. Yep, that's a good tip. And once you're done with your shopping in Principe Real, 
you know, if, if you're staying in that neighborhood, you're probably renting an apartment. It's probably not on that main street. So it's, it's probably pretty quiet and residential, which is great. But if that's not what you're looking for, if you're looking to stay someplace a little bit more lively, directly uh, adjoining Principe Real is another neighborhood that has long been emblematic of party culture in Lisbon, and that is the Bairu Altu. Yeah, this place is perfect for those who want like a night out every single night. <laughs> it is lively and there it is young. And a morning out. And a morning out too. <laughs> it's very quiet during the day. <laughs> yes. But not so much at night. Well, yes. Once the sun comes up, it gets quiet. <laughs> Um, but it is definitely a cool area and, you know, definitely a place that draws uh, international tourists um, and lots of bars, lots of restaurants, just a gathering place for young people. Yeah, like Tori said, if you walk through during the day, you would have no idea what it gets like at night. And while it is pretty busy at night and quiet during the day, I will say that it's definitely worth visiting during the day, there's lots of really interesting street art if you're like me and, and enjoy that type of thing. Um, so even though it's it's a little ghostly sometimes when you're walking around the side streets, um, it's actually pretty interesting and very um, and very cool. You know, you'll see a lot of art that runs the gamut from you know kind of political insight to just quirky um, you know iconography. Uh, so it's definitely a great place to check out. Yep. And another beautiful place in Baidualtu is the Igreja de São Roque, probably my favorite church in all of Lisbon and definitely worth a visit. Yeah, there's also this really wonderful um, Miraduru in the area, which um, we've talked about in previous episodes. Miraduru, Miraduru is basically an overlook. So if you go to this like little spot you can see Lisbon at your feet and it's just really beautiful um they've occasionally had markets when we've gone in the area I don't I don't think it's like a regular thing but they've popped up while we're there there'll be musicians playing um it's a really lovely way to check out the city yep and I'm not sure if we mentioned, but there also are not a lot of hotels in Baidualtu. Um, Tori and I are a little bit past the hostel staying age, um, but my feeling is there probably are some hostels there. And you could probably rent some apartments there. But yeah, I would say definitely a place to stay if you want to stay up late and maybe not if if you don't. Yeah. Uh, I guess just transportation-wise, how would you get there? Yeah, so, yeah, by Dualtu, I would say, basically, the the funicular that I mentioned earlier that runs from the base of the Avenida de Libertad up the hill, that basically takes you to roughly the border between Principe Real and by Dualtu. So I think that a lot of people would, would take that. Uh, the, the intrepid people can walk... Um, and there is a tram that was uh, newly brought back into service after many decades of not being in service that actually runs through uh, Baidualtu and runs all the way through Principe Real and even further. 
And that tram begins on the southern end in the next neighborhood that we're going to talk about, which is the Shiadu. Yeah, the Shiadu is a great little neighborhood. Um, It's known for its sort of fashionable shops and restaurants. It's very artsy. So if, if you like that type of vibe and activities, this is definitely a great place for you to check out. Yeah, it strikes me more as the type of place where, you know, if, if you were more of a foodie, you know, maybe, uh, you know, celebrity chef type uh, restaurants, uh, definitely, you know, not so much your restaurants where the locals, uh, where the where the local blue collar people would eat, but, but a little bit more high end. Yeah, definitely a lot of uh, really nice um, shopping if you're into that. And yeah. Uh, you know, our art galleries and, and what have you. Um, definitely sort of a fashionista type of place. Yeah, and it has its own special history. I mean, there's this wonderful cafe there called Cafe Brasileira, and that is was a meeting spot for basically, you know, Portugal's intelligentsia and their literati. You have, um, you know, Fernando Pessoa there, um, you can even take a picture with him. There's a statue <laughs> of him on a bench where you can sit on the bench with him and take a picture, which pretty much everyone who passes through there does. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, so it's it's a really great spot that has a very rich history of being the meeting place to, to connect with people and kind of share ideas. There's um, the world's oldest bookstore is there, Bertrand. There's a number of churches to check out. Um, and right in the middle of it is the uh, Praça de Camões, and we've spoken about Camões before, but he was Portugal's... Um, Homer, basically. Yes, exactly. Um, and so that also tends to be like a large gathering place for different tours and, you know, just a starting point for many people checking out Lisbon. Yep, and right on the Praça du Camões is a bakery called Manteigaria. Yum. Which serves, um, well, they serve a lot of things, but they're famous for their pastéis de nata. Now, you may remember from one of our earlier episodes, we talked about how the most famous uh, place for that type of pastry is in Belém. And there are those who actually think that Manteigarias are better than the ones in Belém now. I've never done a side-by-side comparison. We I, should do that. Yeah, I think that would be a fun thing to do. But they're, I will say they're both really, really good. Yes, I agree. Um, we usually, every year when we go, we'll take like, you know, a morning to ourselves and just kind of kind of explore Lisbon on our own. And I actually tend to go to the Shialdu on that like little morning off. There's a wonderful contemporary gallery there that I really like to check out. So I check out the gallery I go get myself a pastel de nata and I sit down in the Praça de Comoinge and just sort of people watch. And it's a really lovely way to spend, you know, a part of the morning. Yep. And I would say that in terms of staying in the Shiadu, uh, there are, it seems like recently a bunch of sort of high-end boutique hotels have, pro- have popped up there. And... Um, I would say there are some apartments, but probably fewer than uh, than some other neighborhoods. So where do we go to next? Well, next we're going to uh, talk about a bunch of 
definitely more residential neighborhoods, places where there are very few hotels, I would say. Very residential, but uh, very good for people who might be looking to get away from the center of the city. And these neighborhoods are uh, the neighborhoods of Lapa, Estrella, and Campo de Orique. Yeah, these are beautiful neighborhoods. They're, you know, as Paul mentioned, they're very quiet. So if you're looking to get away and just kind of spend, you know, time to yourself, but still have easy access to the city, these are really quite great, uh, quiet places to check out. Yeah, and when we say get away, it's, you know, you will still be in a city and know that you're in a city, but there, there's definitely less, uh, less hustle and bustle. So uh, Lapa is... Uh, a well-heeled neighborhood and well-known for hosting a lot of um, a lot of foreign embassies are there. Um, very very clean, uh, very um, you know definitely some some high-end um, apartments I would say. Not much in terms of sort of tourism to do there. Not really anything to go and see, but a very nice neighborhood. Estrella, on the other hand, uh, does have some things to see. There's the uh, Basilica de, de Estrella, which is a, uh, a very, very large, very beautiful church that uh, sits across from the Jardin de Estrella, which is one of my favorite uh, gardens in all of Lisbon. Yeah, that garden is beautiful. It's just so peaceful and, um, you know quiet and just very um it's it's pretty large yeah it's, it's a good sized garden you could definitely spend some time there there are some cafes in there where you can sit and relax and uh watch people go by and and uh yeah yeah so the the third neighborhood uh that i mentioned is called Campo de Orique. And I think this is a pretty unique neighborhood in Lisbon. I think architecturally it's unique and in terms of the way it feels. Again, it's also very uh, residential, but I'd say in, in most of Lisbon, a lot of the buildings, especially the residential buildings, tend to have uh, tiles on the outside. And I feel like in Campo de Orique, the architecture is different, where they tend to be the buildings tend to be more pastel it almost reminds me a little bit of like miami beach although it doesn't really look like miami beach but in terms of being very pastel like very uh uniformly colored like each building is is a solid pastel color and i i think it's just a, a unique uh just a different um feel in that neighborhood but also very pleasant um you know uh very clean, um, you know, a, a, a very, very nice neighborhood, and one of our favorite people in Lisbon lives there. He does. It's one of our favorite restaurants, and if you listen to um, our food episode, one of our food episodes, we actually did an interview with João of Tashka de João, and he is just a lovely human, and if you haven't heard that interview, you should definitely check out that episode. Yeah, definitely. Tori did a great job with that interview. And uh, also in that neighborhood is the Mercado de Campo de Orique, which is a great uh, combination of 
your typical market where people who live there would go to buy their produce and their meat or fish or what have you, and some newer, higher-end shops like food court type of, uh, like sort of a high-end food court, kind of like the timeout market, but more of more of a neighborhood feel. So that's also a really nice uh, aspect of Kampu Orique. And there are also a few small, you know, local parks. It's it's a very nice neighborhood as well. But again, not not very many, if any, um, hotels. How would you get to these three places? Yes. Yeah, so the yeah the subway definitely does not go anywhere near there. I would say that certainly if you take the tram 28 and uh, sort of its sister tram, the tram 25. Um, both of which we mentioned in an early episode, uh, they would both take you into this area. Uh, that would be, in terms of public transportation, that would pretty much be the way to go. I mean, I'm sure there are buses. I would just say, though, if, if you're thinking, oh, great, I want to stay there and there's a tram, I'll use the tram to get around. Tram 28 is very, very, very crowded. Um, it's a tram that many tourists use, that many residents use. So if that's sort of your thinking, I would just put like a big asterisk around that um, because it won't be a super easy way to get in and out of that neighborhood. You'll you know, either want to walk or you'll want to take a taxi or plan for some other type of transportation. Yeah, that's a good point. You definitely don't want to be bringing your luggage on the tram. Yeah. There's, <laughs> there's no space. There's no space. You, that would be, you would be very unpopular. <laughs> If they even let you on. <laughs> so we've talked about three lovely residential areas that are wonderful, quiet retreats. And I think we're going to take you on a to a vastly different neighborhood which is known as the Baisha. Yep, so the Baisha, it just means uh, lower, and it's sort of the lower section of Lisbon geographically. Like if, if you were to take, we mentioned the Avenida de la Libertad earlier, if you were to continue south past the end of the Avenida, you would end up in the Baisha. And that is a very, very flat neighborhood, it's uh, laid out on a grid because it's the part of Lisbon that was most destroyed during the earthquake in 1755, so it was sort of rebuilt from scratch and laid out on a grid. And it definitely it definitely feels very much like a city. Like, you know when you're in the Baisha, you're in a city. There's a lot of cars, a lot of, a lot of commerce, a lot of banks, a lot of it definitely. It's, it's sort of, I guess for lack of a better term, it's what I would consider the downtown of Lisbon. Yeah, it's very much the business district um, and also Lisbon's most touristy area. Yeah, definitely in parts, a lot of, of, uh, of tourist shops. And the, the, main, uh, the main pedestrian thoroughfare in the Baixa is called Rua Augusta. And that runs from the Rusiu, which is the main square in the Baixa, runs south towards the river. And ends at the Praça do Comércio, uh, which is a beautiful open square right on the river. And that uh, the Rua de Gusta 
is pedestrian only and that definitely has a lot of like your touristy restaurants where people are going to be out there with menus trying to show you the menu trying to get you to eat at their restaurant uh definitely a lot of, of tourist shops and other shops as well um both of lisbon's uh primary professional soccer teams have stores on that street so if you're looking for any soccer related souvenirs that's that's a good thing to know but yeah definitely as tori said definitely the business district but a lot of tourists as well and this is definitely a spot where you'll find lots of hotels so you won't lack for hotel options in this area yep and it is very convenient there are there are several subway stops and there is also a train station called Rusiu, right near the Rusiu Square. And that's a very convenient place. Uh, it's, it's not the type of place where if you were taking a train from far away that, you know, that you would end up there. But it's more of like a commuter type train station. But one of the places where you can take a train to from there is Sintra, which is considered a must-do day trip from Lisbon that we will talk about in our next episode. I can't wait. Yes, Sintra is very beautiful and fun to talk about, so I can't wait either. <laughs> so completely opposite from the Baisha is a wonderful neighborhood that we've talked about in numerous episodes, and that is Alfama. Yeah, so Alfama is pretty much old Lisbon. Like if you want to live, if you want to stay in in old Lisbon, if you want to stay somewhere where you feel like what Lisbon felt like 500 years ago, uh, Alfama is definitely the place for you. And you know, we we've talked about this, I believe, in several episodes. The the narrow streets, the the staircases, the the women hanging their laundry in the windows and talking back and forth to each other from open windows. And you just really feel the the age of the city there. And it's, it's, it's really beautiful. Yeah. And I think, I'm trying to think, I know that they've done a lot of work in the area just in terms of opening up like new hotels or new hostels. You know, there are definitely like apartments to be looking at. Given its architecture, I would just again, put like a little warning that you're not going to find, I doubt that you'll find many places with like an elevator or a lift. Yeah. I mean, in terms of apartments, definitely. Yes. So if that is something that is important to you, this might not be the neighborhood that you want to hang out in. And I would also say it's an amazing neighborhood. It's full of character. But if you go during the month of June, you will get a lot more than what you've bargained for. And we've talked about this in many episodes about the Fashion de Santo Antonio. It's um, during the month of June. Lisbon is a wonderful party. All the neighborhoods have various neighborhood parties to celebrate the Feast of St. Anthony. And Alfama is definitely the epicenter of all of that. Yeah, I mean, for Santo Antonio, many neighborhoods have parties but the parties center around the feast day itself or the the night before the feast day which um the feast day is the 13th of june is that right yeah i think you're right yeah so the the big party night is the 12th of june but in alfama really all of the first half of june is the big party night so yeah just keep that in mind it, that you know if if you're not going to be up all night then maybe the first two weeks of june 
you might not want to stay in Alfama. You might want to pick a different neighborhood, but I would say definitely go there, you know, even if you're there in June. It's, it's, it's a really fun, really fun experience. And Alfama generally, you know, is a fun place to visit. There are a lot of, a lot of restaurants, a lot of uh, Fadu houses. Um, and, but also you're in a place where there are all these restaurants and Fadu houses, and then you walk a block away and it's super quiet and it's just people living their lives. And you can, you know, you, you never know what you're going to find when you're wandering around Alfama. One day, Tori and I were just, you know, again, wandering around Alfama, getting, getting lost and we suddenly heard this music, so we went up to this building, and it happened to be um, a sort of a, a clubhouse of, of sorts. It was the Casa du Conselho de Pampiliosa, and this uh, basically was a, a place where people from this town in central Portugal would gather, and I guess in this case anyway, play music, so... You, you never know what you're going to find in, in Lisbon, in, and especially in Alfama. And just uh, we thought that maybe we would give you a little taste of what that sounded like right now. lovely and i it brought back so many fond memories i'm really hoping we can make some fond merry memories this year <laughs> that, that would be nice i certainly hope so <laughs> well there's another wonderful neighborhood um that if people have time they should check out and if they're looking to stay there is definitely an interesting place to be and that is grasa yeah so grasa is close to Alfama. It's sort of further up the hill away from the river from Alfama. I feel like Grasa is a place where a lot of tourists wouldn't necessarily go, uh, which is a bit of a shame because it's a really nice neighborhood. And I think that it's sort of a neighborhood for maybe people who are like thinking outside the box and maybe think, you know, I want to stay somewhere where a lot of visitors don't necessarily stay. I think Grasa would be a really nice uh, a choice for that type of person. There are not a lot of hotels. I'm not sure there are any hotels now that I'm thinking about it. If there are, there are very few. But you can definitely uh, rent some some uh, apartments. And I think what Grasa is probably most famous for is its Miradodus. So there are several uh, scenic overlooks. Um including the the highest and what is now one of the most popular scenic overlooks in 
in Lisbon, which is the Miradouro de Nossa Senhora do Monte, which I would say even five or six years ago, even even though it's always been the highest Miradouro and maybe the most beautiful Miradouro, it probably was nowhere near the most visited Miradouro. But with the um, with the advent of the tuk-tuk, it seems to be a very popular place for tuk-tuk drivers to take uh, their uh, their customers, and rightly so because it's a beautiful, beautiful overlook. It's so funny. Like when we first started going to Lisbon, like I don't know, seven, eight years ago. God knows how long it's been already. Like there were no tuk-tuks, and then we went one year, and all of a sudden there were so. Yeah, it was like one year. It went from zero tuk-tuks to like ten thousand tuk-tuks. It's crazy. Ten thousand is probably an exaggeration, but probably not by much. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So what's really interesting about that is, uh, Tori and I. One of the first times we went, we rented an apartment that was literally next to the Miradouro de Nossa Senhora de Mont. And it was totally quiet. And I'm sure if you stayed there now, there would be people out there until two in the morning. I mean, I don't think they would be especially loud. Uh, the one thing I will say about that Miradoto is that there's not a cafe. Um, so, I mean, it, it, it's not super loud, but still. Um, but if you want to have a beer and, and look at the view, you can go to Miradoto de Grasa, which is very close by. And they have a cafe there, which is nice. I really love Grasa and I love it um, for a lot of different reasons, but it is just artistically a fascinating place. Like there is so much interesting street art there. Um, and there is a number of like pieces or artwork um, from very well-regarded internationally known artists. So there's this like amazing piece that is a collaboration between Shepard Ferry um, and Veals, who um, is a Portuguese artist, and he chisels art out of the concrete. Shepard Ferry, of course, um, was the artist who did all of the Obey campaigns, but also he um, was responsible for the Obama Hope poster design. Um, so just really cool places. You just walk around these little alleyways, and there's so much personality and charm. Yeah, I was surprised that the um, that the Andre the Giant has a posse guy had a lot of <laughs> art in Lisbon, but he does actually. It's all over the place. Yeah, and there's a lot in Grasa. Yeah, there's there's a really cool mural that sort of pays homage to the uh, the revolution, the Carnation mm. Revolution, as they call it, when Portugal overthrew the dictatorship that they had had for for many decades. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's really cool. There's definitely a lot of good art to uh, to look at around there. Yeah, and they're just massive. They're massive pieces, um, and just very cool. But I think people don't go to Grasa because it's not super accessible. Yeah, again, there's no subway. Um, you do have the tram 28 does run through there, but I think a lot of people just are along for the ride and don't think to like sort of get off the tram there. So yeah, but definitely yeah. Uh, another great place to experience Lisbon. So we've taken you on a whirlwind tour of Lisbon. And I guess, aside from the Avenida, which neighborhood is your favorite? Oh, boy. Um, which is my favorite? I mean, I don't know. I, I might I might have to go with, with Grasa, actually. I mean, it's, you know, it's it's all what you're in the mood for. I mean, you know. Grasa has the beautiful views and it's, um, you know, got a lot of charm and a lot of character, uh, but it doesn't have a lot of uh, 
cocktail bars. Mm. So, you know, if 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 you're going to be in the mood to go to cocktail bars, then you want to be in Principe Real. You know, some some of our favorite restaurants are in the side streets off of the Avenida. It's just, you know, it's all depending on what, what you're in the mood for. I, I, There's magic everywhere in Lisbon. It's true. I think my, my favorite, aside from the Avenida, might be Estrella. I really love that little park there, and I love the Basilica, and... Um, there's just something like very grand about it in a very quiet and charming way. I really love that area. Yes, Estrella is amazing as well. They're all they're all great. You can't go wrong. Or maybe you can, but not with the ones that we've <laughs> talked about. <laughs> very true. Well, it has been wonderful touring Lisbon um, with you, Paul. And next episode, we are going to take our listeners outside of Lisbon. Yes, you know, I mean, visiting any city is great and visiting Lisbon is amazing. But, you know, once in a while, maybe you want to get out of the city uh, for a few hours. So next week, we will talk about some really fun, really interesting places to visit uh, outside of Lisbon. Yeah. Thanks again for joining us. We'll have all of these spots that we've mentioned in this episode on our show notes on our website to lisbonwithlove.com. You can go check that out. Listen to previous episodes where we kind of do some deep dives into restaurants and bars and other places that we love so much. And we look forward to connecting with you next time. Ateja. Até logo. Thanks for listening to To Lisbon with Love with your hosts, Paul Barakiro and Tori Costa. For more information on all the places and things that we've mentioned in this episode, visit tolisbonwithlove.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook, where we share photos of everything that the beautiful city of Lisbon has to offer. Unless otherwise noted, all music on To Lisbon With Love was recorded live at Duke de Rua, a wonderful fabu bar featuring live music five nights a week just steps up from the Rusiu in the heart of Lisbon. Visit our friends there and let them know that we sent you. Are you enjoying To Lisbon With Love? If so, please subscribe, rate us, and share with your friends. Is there something about Lisbon that you're dying to know about? Send an email to tolisbonwithlove at gmail.com and let us know. Obrigada. Obrigado. Obrigado.